going on, Tony Baloney? This is the Shaky Frame Podcast. We review movies sometimes. First things first, we're going to give a shout out to Mahaley's Grave for letting us use that intro music. Great band out of Carrollton, Georgia. Go check them out. I'm Daniel Sims. And I'm Devin Bolin. Today we're reviewing The Men Who Stare at Goats. How you like this movie, Devin? I like it a lot more if it wasn't fucking sick, I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not feeling so hot either, honestly. But I, got this, I got the gunkness happening yeah. in my fucking chest and throat. Yeah, makes I'd, me talk real low and real sexy. You know I got I mean? the post-ethyl alcohol Ethyl syndrome. Ethyl alcohol. What, yeah. what the fuck is that? It's just alcohol. Fucking doctor. Yeah. Dr. Dan Stan, the man over here. No, this movie, though. I liked it. It was entertaining. I think this is the first movie we've done where there's, I mean, I, I, w- I didn't love it. Yeah, agreed. I didn't love it. We, I mean, we hopped in. We, we did movies that we really liked. Now we're starting to do some movies where we can have some conflict. You like things that I don't like. I like things that you don't like. And hopefully that'll make for better content for you guys. As far as first takes go, though, I laughed. I didn't laugh every time I was supposed to laugh. I don't know if that's because, like, I didn't get the jokes. I may not be smart enough. Yeah. But I just thought there were some parts where they, they were trying too hard, and then there were a lot of parts where they didn't go far enough. Yeah. yeah you know what I, I mean? I hate to see that. I hate when, like, you got a good premise set up mm-hmm. for a joke, and you could push it just a little bit farther and nail it, but you just leave it and let it go fly. That's That's one of the saddest things to me. As somebody who just loves comedy in general, yeah. that's one of the saddest things to see. I mean, I'd, I'd still say it's a positive movie. I'd, I mean, at this oh, point, yeah. I enjoyed it, but... My favorite thing about it is probably just seeing all these actors almost, almost out of their element. Because mm-hmm. most of them don't really do work like this. Like Clooney, yeah. Spacey, Ewan McGregor. Doesn't well, really I don't do know. Clooney, Clooney does some weird movies. He, do, he Clooney's does, but, whimsical. Yeah, but he's he's usually a bit more serious. Mm-hmm. With maybe some comic relief. It's in the there. only movie I've ever seen George Clooney in. Being completely honest, really. Yep. You've never seen like Ocean's Eleven or anything nope. like that. Nope. This is the only movie I've ever watched with George Clooney in it. Well, you need to check out. Ocean's I was 11. impressed. Yeah. He he's probably stand up to the hype. He's my favorite major character in the. Oh yeah. In in, in the movie. Oh yeah. He's yeah. not my favorite character, but he's my favorite <laughs> major character. But uh, no, I was impressed with him, man. I I, I don't because there was. This movie, it, it kind of, I want to watch more George Clooney movies now. Yeah. Because there was dramatic parts of his character. There was entertaining oh, yeah. if parts you're looking, of his if character. If you're looking for just a showcase of what Clooney can do, this is a great movie. Oh, yeah, I feel like he covered yeah. all the bands. He did. I mean, of what an actor should do. And he was just a charming motherfucker, that, man. That's George Clooney, man. From, from the moment you see him, I'm like, I want to fucking buy this man a Tom Collins, dude. <laughs> like... I liked it's an it. Old fashioned. I liked it, man. Yeah, but I, I mean, I think it's I think it's a, a pretty good movie. Um, I did have some problems with it. My main one being, I was uninterested in what the main plot was supposed to be. But what would you consider the main plot? The main plot is with Ewan McGregor. His life. Yeah. I didn't give a shit. Did not a single fuck. I would much rather it had been just all flashback. Yeah. Like like just him no, sitting just play, down. Just play the movie. Yeah. Of. Of Jeff Bridges going and yeah. finding himself. Starts with Jeff Bridges, yeah. then you have Clooney's rise, and then it fucks up because Kevin Spacey fucks him over, and then then you bring in Ewan McGregor just for that portion of just, the movie. Just for the end, just for when they release the goats. Yeah. And that would have been a much better movie, I feel like. I, I can't say that 100%. Well, you don't like flashback. I don't, I mean, I don't, when it's you. This movie was okay, it's, and, and it's because the flashbacks were far superior to they, the present. They were the true entertaining points of the movie. They were. the be- Like, the beginning part was maybe okay, where the fucking hamster falls over, and mm-hmm. you're like, oh, it's dead, then it gets back up. Yeah. I giggled at that a little bit. The guy that just falls out on his desk and has a heart attack. Dude, no, that shit hit home for me. <laughs> that shit wasn't funny. I was like, god damn. Dude, like, what? Stop being so real. Well, just when he... um. The head imprint was left yeah, on his and, desk. and Ewan McGregor. The one thing I feel like they, they did well. They, I feel they, they, they did it well. This is one of the things I feel like the comedy came across great. Is Ewan McGregor is obviously Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, Everybody yeah. fucking Everybody knows Everybody knows that. it. <coughs> Excuse me. Ewan McGregor's obviously Obi-Wan Kenobi. They hung a hat on it, dude. Yeah. Thought it was the best thing they could have done. And it was, it was, they did it perfectly. It was a reoccurring joke throughout the whole movie. That they could have pushed too far, maybe, mm-hmm. but they didn't. They 
they hit it right on the head. Yeah. They didn't kill you with Jedi jokes. <coughs> Which it would have been easy to do. It, it, yeah, exactly. I would have done that. I would have cheaped out would've and made hundreds of fucking Jedi jokes. Yeah. But I felt like that they did that well. I, I agree to some extent. I feel like the Ewan McGregor story was unnecessary. Yeah. But if you don't have it, if, if you just take out Ewan McGregor's part, just the entire frame story, would you get the catharsis and the big moment at the end where he phases through the wall? No, you wouldn't. And th- that, for me, that scene is not my favorite in the movie, but that justified the entire movie. Yeah, well, yeah, okay. Because that's the first time you see if you magic know for a is fact, real or not. Yeah. I mean, they they pretty much, they kind of tell you because Lynn, George Clooney's character, mm-hmm. is able to like see things when he's... And he can stop a goat's heart. And he can stop a goat's heart. But, but I think it could have been easy for them, and I could have seen him doing it, honestly, just for the type of movie it was. I could have seen them having this buildup of the debate of if these psychic powers are real or not. And then it turns out it's not. Yeah. I could have seen that. I could have seen it as Would well. have pissed me off. I would have hated it. I, th- I thought they were leading up to it, honestly. I did, too. I thought I thought Obi-Wan Kenobi was going to bust his ass into that wall. That would have been funny. Uh, I was thinking they, were do- they would do another flashback mm-hmm. at the end of the movie. And Lynn basically confesses that <coughs> at, at each point when it seems he has psychic powers, mm-hmm. um, it was something that he could manipulate. Yeah. Besides maybe the cloud... And the goat's heart, mm-hmm. he stopped. Um, but like when he walks by the computers, yeah, had a magnet in his pocket yeah, some, or something, something like that, you know. But no, I, I do, I do agree. I like when he runs through the wall. I could have also a, just a fuck yeah moment. I could have also seen him freeze frame, and then the don't you but <laughs> forget about me play, and then this you never know. Yeah, and I, I could have gotten. I, I might have liked that more. I don't. I, I needed that at the end. Yeah. Because uh, that's, the, that's the driving force of that movie for me was wondering if these psychic powers were real or not. Yeah. And if I hadn't seen at the end that they were or they weren't, it would have ruined it. Yeah. It would have fucked it up for me, man. Well, yeah, I can see that. But I'd, I'd always love the debate of if it is or if it isn't. Like the Inception debate. I love it. <sighs> I need to watch that movie again. Yeah, me too. I felt there's, too there's too much to watch. Like I, I've watched it once and mm-hmm. I know I need to go back. And I watched it once when it came out. Yeah. So like the only thing I know is Leonardo DiCaprio has a has a top a dreidel. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a he's a Jewish Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Let's talk about the cast because I feel like the, the the cast was fantastic. Yes. To be honest, oh, it was amazing. I George Clooney coming into this never seen him in anything. Yeah. Coming away, <clears throat> I, I'm not saying I'm a fan yet, but, but you want to see more. Very. I'm interested now. Yeah. Okay. Jeff Bridges. It's the fucking dude. It's, I love everything Jeff Bridges does, man. That's, besides maybe, like, what movie? What He's in the first Iron Man? Mm-hmm. And he, I think he, he was still good in it. Obadiah just, Crane. Yeah, I, I think didn't. his name in that movie. Didn't love his character. Um, I just can't see is, Jeff Bridges being a villain. Me neither. I love him. I love him too much. The fucking sleep tapes. Just. The Jeff Bridges sleep tapes, man. They're amazing. I like, go check them out. If you're looking for a good night's sleep, just. <laughs> Pop those bitches on. Listen yeah. to Jeff Bridges' soothing voice as you doze off into dreamland. Look, Jeff Bridges, dude, like he's just like I feel like for people that like the kind of movies we like and enjoy the kind of movies we enjoy, yeah, he's a he's a pillar. He is definitely. <coughs> have you ever seen Crazy Heart? I've not. That's a good movie. It's a very it, it, it's one of his serious roles. Like he's a I mean it's a serious role. It's a dramatic, it's a dramatic role. I loved it. Yeah, I, like. I, I check it out. It was fantastic, dude. Uh, you ever heard of the musician Ryan Bingham? He's like the like Americana, like outlaw country guy. Yeah, I, uh, I think so. He wrote all the music for the movie. You got Jeff Bridges driving around as like a semi-failed alcoholic uh, country musician. Yeah. And like there's, there's a love story wrapped up in there. Colin Farrell's in there. You get, <laughs> you get Jeff Bridges sw- singing country songs and just slaying poon out on the road. Colin Farrell, I'm like I'm on the fence about him. Cause he'll do some great shit, and then go. And then put he's out, in Daredevil or Alexander the Great. I've never seen that. It. Uh... <laughs> You're not a fan. No. no. Did you see Fantastic Beasts? I no, I didn't. Colin Farrell, yeah, as Percival Graves, who's the main antagonist of the whole movie. Fantastic, dude. Like, I feel like that was probably that's probably his best performance I've ever seen. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah. I. 
I know people are pissed about the the Johnny Depp switch at the end. Spoiler warning, but that should be in the. Yeah, it's in there. I fucking forgot we did that. Yeah, but the Johnny Depp switcheroo at the end. Let's talk. Let's talk about that for a minute because I feel like it's there's undue hatred towards it. Well, it 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 all depends on how Johnny Depp comes out in the next movie. He's gonna come out fucking swinging because it's Johnny Depp, man. That's true, but he's another one that's like he'll put out some some shit. You can't, dude. You got to be on the and Johnny Depp train. I no, I love him to death, but he plays. He's Johnny Depp in <coughs> movies. He's not. I don't give a shit. He's that's not the awesome. character. He's always Captain Jack Sparrow to me, and I can't like I can't. But that's awesome because besides maybe like the Mad Hatter in Alice in Wonderland, he was. That was, that was pretty top notch. You have like this semi demented, like uh, evil wizard, and I feel like Johnny Depp is going to be perfect. Yeah, and and people are mad, but like you have to understand the mechanics of the Harry Potter universe. Mm-hmm. All right, so unless uh, Grindelwald is Johnny Depp's character, who was masqueraded as Colin Farrell playing Percival Graves, yeah, unless he came up with some new kind of magic, he has to keep Percival Graves, which would be Colin Farrell, alive. To take his DNA to make the polyjuice potion work, so he can look like Percival Graves. Yeah. So that means there's still an opportunity for Colin Farrell to be in the next movie. Yeah. And I feel like that's going to be awesome because you got the kind of you got the evil Colin Farrell in the first movie because he was actually Grindelwald, but now in the second movie, my man, you yeah. got him being a good guy and fighting against Grindelwald, and now, that's going to be awesome. When is that movie supposed to come out? This year. This year. Yep. We're planning on doing a Harry, Harry Potter, Potter month. month. Every synergy, my yeah. man. We're gonna do every Harry Potter movie leading up to the release of Fantastic Beasts two. Yeah. Um, Jude Law is playing young Dumbledore. Really, man, it looks awesome. The promo photo. I was pissed. They should have cast Ian McGregor. He, coming yeah. back to the coming back to the men who stare at goats. There we go. Ewan McGregor would have been a perfect Dumbledore. I think he would have been good as well. But because he has experience playing this Hallmark character, Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah coming back years and years and years after the movie was made and playing a younger version of it. And and really taking the role as his own. Yeah, and I feel like... Because there are a lot of youngsters coming up that maybe haven't seen the first Harry Potters. They maybe have seen, like, Deathly Hallows. Right. But not, like, unless they got on the ABC Family Harry Potter weekend, you right. know, may not have seen them. So. But I feel, I mean, I feel like it would have been better with Ian McGregor as Dumbledore. Yeah. It's just my fan cast. I feel like Jude Law is still going to perform, though. I feel like it's going to be yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I'm hyped as shit for that movie. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little Harry Potter nerd. Man. I need, I need to check out the first Fantastic Beast. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my favorite character in it is I, I don't know his name in real life. Do you remember uh, Ball, is not is it Balls of Fury, the ping pong yeah. movie with Christopher Walken? Yeah. Randy Daytona. Yeah. yeah. He plays a side character in Fantastic Beasts, uh-huh. and he is fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic, man. But anyways, um, let's get back to the men who stare at goats. Uh, do you have any other problems with it? Oh, yeah. No. <sighs> All right. Again, I nitpick. Yeah. I nitpick choices that I probably shouldn't because I have no idea how to make a movie. I think they fucked up. Making Jeff Bridges' character a washout at the end of the movie. Agreed. Agreed. Like he just he turned to the dark side. No, he 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 fell from he fell from power, and yeah. I feel like that was the stupidest thing they could have done. This whole movie, you're hyping this man up to be like the psychic warrior, yeah, the guy that invented this shit, and then he's a fucking washed out alcohol- alcoholic. It was disappointing yeah. to me to the point that it it broke the suspension of disbelief. Really? Yeah. I I didn't. I wasn't. I'm not as upset about that. I, I feel like. Um, because that, that was his whole life. His life's work was the New Earth Army. Right. And when that's taken away from him, it's got to take a toll. And what is he going to do? But when he's, when, when, when it's over, <coughs> when he, when it's done and he talks to Lynn. Yeah. He says the earth needs Jedi's now more than ever. Yeah. So that's his final words you see until the end of the movie. When you see him as the washout drunk, that's the last thing he says to his star student. And then he becomes an alcoholic. Well, he was he was dishonorably dishonorably discharged. There we go, got it out. So he he can't be on the front lines as a Jedi, and that's what he meant. He meant like the world needs a Jedi in the army. 
on he the front went, lines. But like I, he should have went underground if this was that important. Well, yeah. I mean, he, you, these guys would follow him to the fucking grave. I yeah. guarantee it. Just the, the 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 dynamic between him and his men was fantastic. It's I mean, my favorite part of the movie. He he brought the dance back for Lynn. He did, and he ended up. <laughs> Funniest scene in that fucking movie, <laughs> dude. Quit being such a fucking queer. <laughs> Flashback to my dad when I was about 12 years old. Shit hit home, man. <laughs> um, something I didn't notice the first watch, but the second I did. Lynn has his own dance studio, and that's because yeah. of yeah. Jeff Bridges' character. But I, yeah. Switches exactly. just flick. Satellites are linking <laughs> up in the fucking space. I just realized yeah. that shit. He loves to dance, man. I, what the fuck? Yeah. Oh... Blew my mind. Yeah. All right. This, 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 uh, I'm going to give it a, a little bit more high rating. All right. Cause, cause I, that, that's just a nice little piece of information. Yeah, nice little bit of continuity. But I feel like he should have took his men underground. They would have went. He would have went. Nick Offerman would have been in it more. Man. <laughs> Another thing I'm mad about Nick Offerman was not in the movie enough. Yeah. I, well, I mean, I liked, I liked what they did with his character for the most part. For people that did not know, Nick Offerman, a.k.a. Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec, is in this movie. He doesn't have a mustache, he doesn't have a beard, and he's wearing glasses. He's my favorite character in the whole movie. <laughs> because and that, that's what I think Nick Offerman is great at as an actor, is playing these supporting roles. Yeah. He, he's, a, he's a character actor. You know, he's not a fucking superstar. Yeah. He's not a Will Smith or a Brad Pitt. But he takes that in stride, and he does. No, he uh, does. Great fucking You ever read his books? He does. I have not. He loves the fact that he's a character actor. Yeah. He loves the ability to not be typecast and to play. I mean, he does get typecast. He's, as, he's as, been typecast a little bit now. As the surly, like, yeah. American guy. But, man, he's been all over the place. He yeah. toured the fucking world doing Kabuki theater. Fuck they yeah. did uh, a Kabuki version, like a traditional Japanese Kabuki, of the Greek play Achilles. Yeah. Toured the world. Man, he did that. He's been, uh, he was uh, Randy. On George Lopez. He was. Oh, shit. Randy on George Lopez. Uh, That's like, nowadays <laughs> Nowadays you would never see Nick Offerman get that role. No. Because he's he's known as the manly man now. Right. And Randy on... The fucking weird guy. Yeah, he was like a little meek. He was also the villain in uh, Legally Blonde 2. I think that's <laughs> it. Lost in London. <laughs> it might not be Legally Blonde. What, what movie is it? Uh... Miss Congeniality. Oh, okay. With Shan with Sandra Bullock. That's it. He yeah. was uh he was he was the villain in that movie. And he's described his career as a snowball. Yeah. And like it, it's in his first book, Powder Your Own Canoe, fucking read it. And if you can't read, listen to the audiobook narrated by Nick Offerman. It's fantastic. Can't recommend it enough. He described his career as a snowball. Yeah. He just starts and it keeps rolling down the hill and getting bigger and getting bigger and getting bigger. And then he busts out with Parks and Rec. It's weird to see him in a role before he was Ron Swanson. It is, but I love it, knowing what he is now. I just love it because the man commits. He does. When they're dancing with Jeff Bridges. He's the star. He is. He's dancing he is his fucking, fucking moving ass off. It. Yeah. And then, like, two scenes later, he gets the orange and white paisley ascot. <laughs> Shit blew my mind. Oh, God. I love his facial expressions, just in general. Yeah. But, like, one of my favorite parts of, like, one of my favorite Nick Offerman parts of the movie is... Um, when he gets married mm -hmm. and Kevin Spacey says, I'm sorry, it doesn't work out for you. Mm -hmm. When he like bucks up yeah. and tries to go after him, that's like, I love it. Because yeah. he just, he committed to that, to doing that. Yeah. I love it. Nick, like this, that's probably, and as small as the part is, he only has like one scene of dialogue. Yeah, I think it's just one line. <coughs> is it? Yeah. He says the line of what's in the, in the. Uh, and that's it. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Well, it might be just one line, but. This is, he's probably one of my favorite performances of any actor ever. Yeah. Because the impact he has on the mood I'm in when I'm watching this movie, and it's probably just because it's Nick Offerman. It, that's got to be. I paid more attention it. to it because it was Nick Offerman, but he dedicated. And I feel, I mean, it's, it's a fantastic performance. It is. No, I he feel did. like if you're a fan of Parks and Rec, go back and watch this movie just to see Nick Offerman do his shit, man. Yeah. Um, he was I, talking about no. You can go ahead. I, didn't I, I feel like a lot of a lot of people, as far as like actors of his quality and kind of mm -hmm. know how and um, like when they get one liners like that, we'll just kind of phone it in, dropping fucking bombs, man. Yeah, 
No, like there's definitely a breed of actor, like Nick Offerman, Rain Wilson is yeah. another one. Like those types of people, like I see what you're saying. They take those fucking opportunities and they roll with it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, the guys that just phone it in are the ones that I don't fucking know about because they don't fucking get anywhere. Exactly. They don't care enough. Exactly. Because they're, they're, they're hoping for the star job. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't come if you're phoning in the one-liners. No, dude. Like you got to be dedicated to your art. Not it, doing it, kabuki theater and every like that. form of the fucking thing. Like if you want to be a comedian, you got to be dedicated to the point when you're fucking telling jokes to yourself in your mirror. You're fucking selling that shit. Yeah. You want to be a writer. You got to be dedicated to the point that every fucking hour of the day you're working on your fucking writing, you're constantly scrutinizing yourself. Yeah. You you will never be anything great if you phone it in. Exactly. And Nick one, Offerman, one, his first book, that's what the whole book is about, is paddling your own canoe, taking yeah. self-responsibility, rolling with it, becoming something through your own hard work and effort. Yeah. And I I, I can't, I'm, I feel like I'm preaching right now, dude, <laughs> but like that shit is what I believe as a human. If you fucking work hard, you're dedicated, and you do something you love, you'll you'll wind up somewhere you want to be. Yeah. All right, you go ahead. I'll, um, I'll stop. I'll get off One of my, my favorite stories you've ever told me about anything is um, Nick Offerman tried out for Dwight on the office yeah and then saw rain wilson's performance was like give it to him yep and then he wanted to try out for um ron swanson yeah and he called rain wilson and they went to his cabin and just nailed down how that character was going to be true story that's why man. it's so good true and like rain wilson's a genius he is and that that's as far thing. as character yeah he's, nick always he's amazing nick offerman always speaks about how in that like he's not funny like he he could not like people always think like uh just an example when when you're watching Parks and Rec, they're at, there's like they're at a food truck and Nick comes away with a turkey leg wrapped in bacon and says they call it a Swanson. Yeah, that just sounds like something Nick Offerman would say. Yeah, but people mistake Nick Offerman for his character, and like he admits, like I'm not that funny. Like my delivery is funny. I don't know. He had a stand-up special that I liked a lot. America, but that, it wasn't really stand-up for me though. It was performance art. Yeah, like it was more of a lecture for me, <laughs> like, in, in the best way possible. Yeah, like it wasn't like this guy's up here trying to tell jokes to make me laugh. Yeah, Th this guy's up here trying to teach something in a humorous way. Yeah, and that's what I thought it was, and I think it did, I it think was. it did a great job. Yeah, it was very good. It, I liked a it. lot of the things he covers in the stand-up special, what he covers in uh, "Paddle Your Own Canoe," his first yeah. book, and. I, every American should read that fucking book. Yeah. And there's a lot of shit you're not, I mean, there's a lot, I mean, I'm not interested in, <coughs> I'm not interested in doing Kabuki theater. No. I'm not. But. I feel like I could get into it. And Pat Rothfuss, my favorite author. If you have not heard of Pat Rothfuss, God damn. Read The Name of the Wind. Read The Wise Man's Fear. Read The Slow Regard of Silence Things. Then come back and listen to this and, and, and you'll, you'll get some context. Pat Rothfuss talks about how there, there's nerds in the world. Yeah. There, there's people that are geeks. There's people that's not. Yeah. The people that are geeks, it does. you could be a geek for anything, dude. Like, you can be a geek for woodworking. You can yeah. be a geek for cutting fucking grass. You can be a geek for writing. You can be a geek for movies and so on and so forth. And he's like, there's a connection all geeks have with each other. There's this recognizable quality that even if it's completely two different things, you recognize the passion of somebody that is passionate about things and yeah. that they care about. And it's easier for two geeks that are passionate about completely different things to talk to one another than it is two regular people that just agree about everything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I completely agree, especially being passionate about comedy. Mm -hmm. Even if somebody's not passionate about comedy, I can talk to them about it, and hopefully, if they're passionate about something else, they can talk to me about it. I love listening to what people are passionate about. Right. I just like, and I don't I know. I, I dig just love the. Doing I dig. It. I dig the fucking. Yeah. Like I love it when people get excited about shit. Me man. too, man. <laughs> like I don't care what it is. Like one one of our friends, like he just gets excited about the stupidest shit. Yeah. Just lights me on fire, dude. I'm like, I'm, I'm with him. If somebody can bring the fucking piss to what they're doing, just get fucking excited about it, man. I'm with them. Yeah, I'm with them, and that's where I'm bringing it back to Nick Offerman. Is I think that's why I've connected to him so much, and why I think everybody that is a geek can connect to him because the man's a geek. Yeah, he's a geek about woodworking. He's a geek about his art as an actor. And everything he does in life, he brings a passion to. And yeah. I feel like that's something everybody should take to. And that's why this role was so fucking good. 
in The Men Who Stare at Goats because it was tiny. One line. Yeah. He was in a couple of scenes with Jeff Bridges, who's one of his favorite actors, and George Clooney, who's one of the biggest actors in the world. Every scene he's in, it doesn't matter if he's standing at a, like at attention, not moving. Yeah. He's bringing that fucking passion, and he's dedicating he's himself to it. He's got a presence. He's got a presence, and it may just be because... Me, be because He's Nick Offerman. I didn't I see the movie is. before I saw Parks and Rec. Yeah. So I cannot speak if I would have seen this movie, a Nick Offerman virgin. I have no idea. Yeah. I, you would have seen him dancing. But mm-hmm. like, He's got the moves, man. He does. He, he breaks, breaks him out on American Ham. Does a little <laughs> trot trot. And I yeah. dig it, dude. I love it. Hey, uh, Bridge Baby. <laughs> Bridge Baby. <laughs> like, grab me a Red Bull real quick. Shout out to old Sean P. McD. Thank you, brother. Getting uh, Dirty Dan a Red Bull. I'm over here drinking a cappuccino, so my voice stays nice and slick and soft for you fellas. Yeah, he wanted me to come up with a uh, a code name for him. I just came up with it on the spot, Bridge Baby. Why? Why Bridge Dig Baby? It? Why Bridge Baby? I don't know. I came I came up with it maybe five ten minutes ago when we were talking about Jeff Bridges. <laughs> he's my nephew. He's my nephew. It's my brother's oldest son, and he looks exactly. Well, he doesn't look like Toby from The Office, but goddamn, he reminds me of Toby from The Office. For everybody else, like, <coughs> not, not, if I was Michael, he's mm-hmm. not Toby to me. He's more of like a... Ryan. Yeah. Fucking wolf.com, <laughs> baby. No, uh, we're not going to get into the office right now. <laughs> we're going to get you all the way You're going to ruin off. the rest of this podcast, because yeah. we're just going to quote the fucking office, man. Dude, all right. So, I'll get off my Nick Offerman rant. I feel like I've talked about him enough. We've talked about Jeff Bridges. Yeah. We've talked about George Clooney. Let's talk about Kevin Spacey. Let's talk about him. Kevin Spacey has some performances in his career that have just fucking annihilated me. Yeah. House of Cards. Great. Holy shit. Dude, fucked me up. He was so convincing. Seven. Baby Driver. Baby Driver. Thought he was fucking fantastic. Um, What's the movie? Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. That's a good one. I was thinking of The Usual Suspects. I just love watching Kevin Spacey use a southern accent. There's something about it that just gets my nipples churning, man. I went to Savannah, and uh, I went on a, like, they have, like, Savannah's, like, I think it's the number one most haunted city in America. Yeah, I think it is. But I went down there last year. It was, like, April of last year. And, like, we were down there for a few days. I went on a couple ghost tours. And one of the guides we went on was when they filmed that movie in Savannah, Kevin Spacey went on a ghost tour. Yeah. There's nothing climatic climactic about this story. Just Kevin Spacey went on a ghost tour, and he was walking the same route I was on. Yeah, so I felt like a badass. <laughs> that, that's I still into that, but um, I didn't I didn't love him in this movie though. I I thought he was Kevin Spacey. I I mean I thought he did an all right job, but he he wasn't Kevin Spacey to me. Like we just named off five or six performances mm-hmm. that he fucking slayed. Mm-hmm. That's Kevin Spacey. Mm-hmm. He was just. Yeah, he was just there. But me. do you think that's his fault, or do you think that's the writing's fault? Like the the writing's fault. I think it's probably the writing's fault. Because yeah, I, I and with, also, with a guy like Kevin Spacey, it's proven he can destroy. Yeah. Every movie. I think. Well, I think it's more less the writing's fault and more the part. Yeah. Uh, if they had given a, like a less known actor that mm-hmm. part, maybe you get a better performance. Out of him. <laughs> well, I thought because because he's he's more of a side character than anything. He's the main foil. I'll give you that. Yeah, but he's not in a majority of the movie, really. Which sucks. I feel like I feel like they should have played on the relationship more between Lynn, Kevin. Well, Kevin. <laughs> I don't know his name in the in yeah, the movie, but it, George Clooney, yeah. Kevin Spacey, and Jeff Bridges. Yeah, I would have loved to see more of that trilogy with Nick Offerman in the well, background. That, that goes but back. That, that goes back to the, the fuck Ewan McGregor story. Yeah, the don't more fuck Ewan McGregor. No, fuck the story I would fuck you, McGregor. He's a good-looking man. <laughs> but, like, I, the more we talk about it, the more I'm on with you. Like, I yeah. wish they just would have took it out of the movie. Yeah. Because the moments I cared about, again, we've talked about this earlier. Let's get deeper into it. The moments I cared about were the flashbacks. That 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 was yeah. the entertaining part. Yeah, I mean, Anytime there was a flashback, I was like, fuck yes. Even the flashback within the flashback, I loved it. That's yeah. my favorite. That's one of my Quit favorite scenes. being such a fucking queer, <laughs> man. <laughs> I feel like there were some odd choices in tone with this movie when they chose to do certain things yeah such as jeff bridges being a wash up yeah that fucked me up you know no, i agree but another thing is when Ke- when you see kevin spacey make this guy trip on acid with the fucking light flashing <laughs> in his face i, I know you it. liked that I scene a lot it. uh 
Because he's just he's he's melting into the fucking floor. He's just right. And right after that, he shoots himself. Yeah, you're right in the middle of this humorous, very probably one of the funniest parts of the movies yeah. flashback. And you have a character kill himself. I get it. I think it was necessary to show why what Kevin Spacey did was wrong. Yeah, fucked it up for me. Well, I don't. I don't think it was necessary. That's the only way you get Jeff Bridges out. You feel me? Like because the, even if it had been anybody else that killed themselves, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have been a big deal. It's because he was like a right Pentagon man's son. But, but with as much narration as there was, like an overworld narration, I would have been fine with him not having the scene with him killing himself, showing him freaking out, and yeah. then narrating that he shot himself because it ruined the tone for me. You know, and it may have been intentional. I, I think. I think it was. <coughs> I think it was along the lines of, are these psychic powers real? Yeah. Because um, Lynn is talking about how you can put, like, you can basically get something, you can do the Jedi mind trick. Right. And the, get the, bring me a taco. Yeah. And Jeff Bridges walks up and says, give me the gun. Right. And then he just blows the fucking brains out. Right. So it's like, ooh, this might all be fucking bullshit. But that's that the semantics of if the fucking powers are real or not, the whole movie were entertaining as shit. They were. And if there was a moment in the movie where I wish it would have worked, it would have been there. Yeah. And it's yeah. because I am I was hoping for a perfect world where there's no conflict in the movie. It's just Jeff Bridges <laughs> teaching these people psychic powers. I, I would have watched that, that shit. Yeah, hell yeah. It's because I'm a Bridges fan. It's yeah. because I'm an Offerman fan. And it's because I enjoy Clooney. I yeah. like Kevin Spacey. I like the concept. Uh, but you can't have that. You got to have conflict. Yeah. I, I understand That's what makes that. a good story. Really, I understand. So. Conflict is story. Yeah. And I understand you have to have conflict, but I just wish there would have just been a little bit more of the fucking fever dream dancing to fucking classic rock, Agreed. doing drugs and shit. Because I enjoyed it. I like Even if they sh- they could have done like the first half to mm-hmm. like three quarters of the movie yeah. as flashback and then done the last half to or a quarter mm-hmm. with Ewan McGregor. And now I feel like that would have been great. But the way they interlocked it was just weird to me. Because like... They'd put me in the flashback, and I'd be fucking into it, and then they drag me out. Th- there was some to, funny. Go ahead. To a scene that's not bad, mm-hmm. but in comparison to like what I was loving mm-hmm. about the movie, it just it fell flat. There were some genuinely funny moments in in the present day non flashback scenes. Though. Yeah, the one that stands out to me is the the sign in the middle of the fucking <laughs> desert. There's no roads. There's just a sign that they can't read. And they sit there, and George Clooney decides which way to go. Yeah. <laughs> and Ewan McGregor's character's kind of mystified for a minute, and they hit a fucking landmine. Well, they're doing, like, heroic music as they drive off into the it's distance. <laughs> and, all, and all the fucking audio drops out, and it's just silent. Um, I love the sparkle eyes scene, where he's, he's reading through the book, and he's like, what are sparkle eyes? And then George Clooney just looks at him. He's like, you see that? that you see that? You see it? And then you pop one of their eyes out and stab him in the penny, <laughs> stab him in the neck with a penny. Man, George Clooney, if he, if his performance in the non-flashback scenes made it worth it, yeah, you yeah, know what I'm saying. And I felt, and the writing was, the writing was good. I felt like the dialogue was necessary. I felt, there was nothing really wasted. I don't think it just, it just goes back to like I was saying. I, I loved the flashback scene so much when they came back to the present day. Mm-hmm. It just sort of it fell flat for me. It's kind of it's exactly the opposite of what I normally enjoy in a movie, because the story they were trying to tell, yeah, it's identifying that. Like most movies, they have your main story, and then they have flashbacks to drop in convenient pieces of information to make things justifiable in the yeah. movie. That's what I hate about flashbacks. But the story they were trying to tell in this movie, at the end of the day, is the New Earth Warriors. Yeah, that's the story they were trying to tell. And they used a frame story of Ewan McGregor's character. That was the frame story to justify telling the flashback story. Yeah. And I, I don't think it was necessary. We, we've been talking about this pretty much the whole podcast, but at well, the I mean, end of the, the day, pitfall for, for the I think it was me. a poor choice. Yeah. And that's why it's not as good as it could have been. Yeah, exactly. Um, you could give me an edit. You could cut out all of the story, all of the Ewan McGregor story, up until when they get to the camp. Yeah, and, it, and it's real again. You could cut all that out, and it would be a better movie to me. Yeah, it'd be like a forty-five minute short film, and I would watch the shit out Fuck of it. Fuck yeah, 
And it, it'd be what we were talking about. It'd be all flashback and then them releasing the goats. And yeah. I would love it. Yeah. Something that caught me the off. only The only Go problem ahead. with the, them doing that would would be, like you said, you can't really justify Ewan McGregor being a Jedi yeah. at that point. Yeah. Because that, like, that's when but he becomes the But then you could just have Lynn or Jeff Bridges do some fucking psychic shit. Yeah. And it would have been cooler. Just imagine Jeff Bridges just ascending. Yeah. You know, I would have loved it. Something that surprised me. This movie, I genuinely thought it was a Coen Brothers film. Yeah, we did. It felt like one, but it was directed by Grant Heslov. Yeah. Which I'm not even sure what else he's done, but <laughs> I can't believe, like, this is not a Coen Brothers film. I, I agree. He's and done... I, loved, I love the Coen Brothers. Anything they do, I, I want to watch it if I haven't already seen it. He did... Uh, the Scorpion King. Uh, he did Leatherheads with George Clooney. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen it. I remember that when it came out, though. Uh, he did Argo. I don't know if you've ever seen that. He did The Monuments Men. And uh, that's all I've seen on this list that he did. Yeah. But I was surprised. I, I, the problems I have with this mo- with this movie... More are on the script than the director's point of view. Yeah. Uh, when I would, no, I'm wrong. I would say the director fucked it up. What do you mean? Because the director decides if the script is what they're going with or not. That's true. From what I understand, the director's the final okay. Like, this is what we're going with. The director's and the producers. Yeah. So, it, it was the story. It was the choice of the what we just talked about, the flashback in the present day. I don't like that choice. Yeah, it, it just didn't, it didn't meld well. And I feel like... And I guess that really is direction, because he, if he had, I'm not gonna say if he had done a better job, because I yeah. think he did a pretty good job. Um, and that's one of the tells that, like, if you think about it, it's not a Coen Brothers film, is like the use of nonlinear storytelling. Yeah, because the Coen Brothers do it, but nowhere near to that extent. Because yeah. that's more of a Tarantino bag. That's true. Tarantino, you can see eight different scenes, and they're all all over the fucking yeah. place in the <laughs> timeline. But yeah, um, I think I, he could he could have done a better job. Mm-hmm melding the flashback with the present day better yeah. where it didn't just fall flat out whenever it was present day I could have watched I, I'm waiting for the day Jeff Bridges is in a Wes Anderson movie <laughs> just Jeff Bridges Bill Murray yes sir CIA buddy cop comedy directed by Wes Anderson I would watch the fuck out of it alright let's start a petition that's my GoFundMe f- like I know you're not as big of a fan as I am but like I'm, Wes Anderson is my favorite fucking director yeah what Wes Anderson is my favorite director and the Cohen, I feel like all these guys, like Tarantino, the Cohen brothers, Wes Anderson, they're all kind of in the same league. What? I didn't know what time it was. Oh. I don't remember when we started. Yeah, we're we're thirty seven minutes right now. All right. I like they're all in the same league, and they all have these different quirks. Like the Cohen brothers, off the fucking wall, yeah. constantly. Tarantino, nonlinear storytelling. Yeah. Wes Anderson really minimalist color palette with the scenes and like with the stage direction and I don't know if that's the right word with the uh, scenery I guess is what I would say but I forgot fucking forgot my point man (laughs) shit happens I ran out of steam yeah um well let's see here Uh, those are about all my big problems with it um so what 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 do you what do you really like about it? Like what 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 stood out to you is like okay this is worth watching. Yeah, well I love George Clooney's performance. Right. Like we said, if if you want just a showcase of the range of George Clooney, mm-hmm. it's it's a good one to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked Ewan McGregor mm-hmm. in this movie, even though I didn't love his character. Well, he I played. Loved, I loved his acting. <coughs> I don't know the uh, storytelling term for what he was. I don't know the actual term, but he played, like, the Watson to the Sherlock. He but, was basically a narrator. Well, he was, like, he was the character that didn't know anything. And yeah. when you have a character like that, it makes it easier for your other characters to tell him what's going on and explain these things that impact the story without it being info dumps. Yeah. And so he was, like, the Watson, and uh, George Clooney was the Sherlock. Yeah, you know he was the guy that needed to be, to be explained to, and it was it's it's an effective way to spread information, without giving this big block of just dialogue about shit you don't care about. Yeah, you know. What about you? What do you love about the movie? Nick Offerman, number one. Yeah, I, I loved it. 
I went on a rant about it earlier, but it was fucking fantastic. Number two, I don't know. I'm gonna say Je- I'm gonna say George Clooney. Yeah, I think he did a great job in this movie. I love, dude. No, because this is just another thing I just thought about. The first time, well, you get the flashback to the quit being such a fucking queer. Yeah, and he starts dancing. It's real stiff and awkward. The next time you see him dancing, my man is boogieing. Yeah, he's, his hair got long. Fuck, this shit's yeah. fantastic, dude. <laughs> Did you know this was actually based on a true story? Yeah, that's I, what that's what the book is about. Like you, you told me earlier, it was based on a book. The book is actually from somebody who was in the Men Who Stare at Goats, like who's in the New Earth Army shit. Like I, I'm not gonna sit here and read the whole thing, but like that's crazy. So are, are the fucking U.S. military funded? Us? They, they tried it out. Did it work? I, I don't think so. Is there just a fucking redheaded reporter out there phasing through walls? <laughs> I hope there is. I do too. And like, if they did try that, why the fuck was I not a part of it? <laughs> I, it would be, I don't give a shit if it didn't work. If I had Jeff Bridges as my fucking sensei, <laughs> I'd get somewhere. Fuck yeah. I don't fucking know where, but I'd end up eventually somewhere. Yeah. Oh, I just, yeah. What the fuck did I just say? I, some I'm, there. Some, some there. <laughs> some there, man. Your garden is overgrown and your cucumbers are soft. How All right now. Dare you mock the son of a shepherd. <laughs> Dude, I was watching, I've been watching Ed and Eddie. Yeah. Rewatching it. That show stands up like a fucking champ, man. That's a good one. <laughs> it's surprising because a lot of those cartoons from our childhood, they don't stand up anymore. There's moments where they're good, but they're not as entertaining as I thought they were when I was at a young age. Yeah. The one that comes to mind is Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. I haven't watched it. I remember watching it as a kid and loving it. I haven't watched it recently. I watched it as a kid and loved it. Yeah. I've watched it within the past month. And there's moments where it fucking hits. And yeah. it's funny as shit, but there's a lot where it doesn't. Really? And I don't know if it's just lost on me because I'm not a kid anymore. Yeah. But with Ed, Ed, and Eddie, every fucking joke, <laughs> dude, it is hilarious. Yeah. Rolf, greatest TV character of all time. Well, like, Ed, Ed, and Eddie came from... The like, 90s. The golden era of yeah. cartoons. Foster's was a little bit later when it started to kind of trail off. That was so a could, sad period. Yeah, man. When Cartoon Network went live action. Yeah. Fuck that, that shit, man. Yeah. Broke my heart, dude. Yeah. But th- there's been a return with cartoons now. Yeah, no. I mean, yeah, they're coming back up. I feel like it started... It The first wave of what I consider the new generation of cartoons that were enjoyable, and it's one that not a lot of people watched, was Chowder. No, yeah, no, I agree. It was, o- it was only on for a season or two. Like, I, I didn't watch it when it first came out, but then <laughs> my little brother, actually, like, mm-hmm. he had it on and I was watching it. It's a good fucking show. No, and it was only on for a season or two. There was, like... Uh, <coughs> it wasn't as favorable because it wasn't like the big popular thing then. Yeah. But I feel like that was the beginning of the return of good cartoons because then you had Adventure Time come out. Yeah. And then you had Gravity Falls. And it was a rolling train. And now you have things like Steven Universe, Star, yeah. vs. Star versus the Forces of Evil. I, I haven't watched that, but. Um. And like, it's fantastic, dude. And like, it, like, is it the 90s again, to be fucking honest? Dragon Ball Z is making think, new fucking episodes. Yeah, I think everything is just cyclical. <laughs> I like, like icicles, man. This shit's cold. I, but I, I really think, like, entertainment moves in cycles. Mm-hmm. And so, like, like we were talking about the, the, the child actors. The child actors. You had just killers in, like, the 80s mm-hmm. and early 90s with, like, Macaulay Culkin and kids like that. And the kid in E.T., I don't know his fucking name. <laughs> he looks like a fucking meth head now. No, dude. he looks better now. He got he, he shaped up. Are you sure? Yeah, you should check him out. Damn it. Um, but um, what I was love, I saying? I love it when actors go fucking crazy. But then you had a little fall off in the 90s and early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And now they're, they're coming back up, man. <laughs> Apparently they're making a Captain Planet movie. <laughs> a fucking Power Rangers. There's this new Power Rangers movie. Never saw it. Don't want to. Yeah. But, like, I, I, I get what you're saying about the cyclical thing. And I feel like it's the same with films. Because yeah. we have been stuck, I'd say, in the past 10 years of endless fucking remakes. Remakes and action movies. No one's writing anything fucking new. No. No one that's getting attention. No one's coming up with this new shit. The ne- like, when's the ne- what's the next Star Wars? You know? Yeah, exactly. Don't reboot Star Wars. I'm fine with the reboots. But I'm saying, like, as far as, like, a pillar... Of a culture for that era, what's going to be next? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because for a while, it was it was the Hunger Games. Hunger Games and Harry Potter, I feel like, are the two most recent pillars of like the pop culture yeah. as far as movies go. 
But what's next, dude? Like, are we going to keep rebooting the same shit we've had since the fucking 70s? I hope not. Is it going to be 2045 and Chris Pratt is going to be playing a granddad version of his character in Jurassic World? I hope because these movies have been made with such high budgets Mm -hmm. and, you know, everything is so much better than it was when these movies first came out, they'll hold up a little bit longer so Mm -hmm. we're not rebooting them again. I don't see the point of fucking reboot, though. Yeah. Like, Dumanji. Yeah, that makes no fucking sense. I love to me. Jack Black. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I enjoy The Rock. I, I do too. Why? I don't. I'm give not a mad shit about Kevin Hart about either. Jumanji. Yeah, I don't. Because if I, I want to watch Jumanji, I'm gonna watch fucking Robin Williams and yes. Jumanji. Yes, and probably cry because he's not around anymore. Exactly. Why reboot that? that there's, there's no reason to. There's no purpose. That's like the argument of like they're gonna reboot the fucking Harry Potter movies eventually. They probably will. I don't and think they, they should. Fuck it up. I don't think they should. There's no better casting than what they had. There's, uh, and there's no better casting than what they have. <coughs> the Harry Potter movies are, are not fantastic. There's some of them that are pretty fucking good. But the CGI is outdated, obviously. Yeah. Some of the child acting's fucking terrible. But some of it is great. Some of the movies is some of the movies just from a writing point of view, from a storytelling point of view, are fucking disgusting. They're just <laughs> terrible. But I will still fucking watch them because of nostalgia. Yeah. Because I'm a fan of the world. Because I'm a fan of J.K. Rowling's work, and if they reboot it, there is no fucking way it's ever going to be as good as the originals. And I yeah. feel like the fucking Star Wars assholes that hate <laughs> the fucking prequels. Look at that out of the way. I enjoy the prequels. I I understand the stigma against them, and it's probably nostalgia coming back That's up and exactly rearing its head. Because it I remember sitting in my fucking grandparents' living room, spending the night with them after swimming my ass off in their pool, making <laughs> fucking homemade french fries and cheeseburgers, and watching the fucking prequels and loving that shit, man. Yeah. My, my Jam Jam had a fucking special blanket that gave him special powers. I still don't know if that's fucking true or not. I haven't asked him, but apparently I was watching fucking Star Wars. People can yeah. move shit with their minds. Why the no. fuck can he not have a blanket that makes him fucking magic? But I remember being a kid and sitting down with my dad and watching all the Star Wars movies starting with episode one, right. the prequel. And if you do that before you've watched any of the other ones, yeah. they're not that bad. Like, yeah, there are some weak points. <laughs> the child acting in A Phantom Menace is poor. But it's fucking awful. Liam Neeson is Qui-Gon Jinn. That Liam Neeson, though. That's the only reason I know who Liam Neeson is. Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor. As an actual Jedi. Bringing it back yeah. to the fucking men who stare <laughs> at goats. We always get back to it, yeah, baby. Yeah, we do. We always get back. Cyclical. I like the prequels. Yeah, I enjoy too. it, dude. Like, I love it. I love Anakin's fall from grace, man. And I don't hate Jar Jar Binks. Can I, I don't say either. That? I think he's funny. I think he had a bigger like role to play. I think he's Darth Sidious. Yeah, but not not Sidious. <laughs> Darth Jar Jar, man. No, it's not. It wouldn't be Sidious. Plagueis. Plagueis Darth Plagueis. Yeah. Jar Jar's Darth Plagueis. I, I think that was the original plan. Yeah. And then the backlash he got from Jar Jar. Did he Lucas, had to cut it all yeah, out. Yeah, Lucas was like, nah, well, I feel like that. Spoiler warning. I feel like Snoke is Plagueis. Everybody's denied it. I think I think in the third installment of he's the new trilogy, back, you think so? I think Snoke is Darth Plagueis, and he's going to be it. the main villain. It's going to begin and end with Plagueis. Yeah, I can see it. Because Pla- it's it's the beginning and end of the Skywalker line. Because Plagueis influenced like the like Anakin was not the chosen one yeah. because he influenced the midichlorians and like he influenced the Force to make this child be born. So yeah. it was it was uh, it was not organic. It was synthetic. The birth of Anakin. And if it, it that begins with Plagueis, the whole Skywalker bloodline begins with Plagueis influencing Anakin to be born. And you got Luke and everybody in the middle. And then you have the new trilogy. And I think Rey's probably the actual chosen one. Just I, mm. bold claim. I think she's the actual chosen one. Just because. And there's no fucking way her parents aren't anybody. Yeah, no, but, I agree. But just the ability she had with the lightsaber right off the bat, she kicks Kylo Ren's ass, who's the strongest. Like probably like either the strongest or the we- he's he's either the strongest or the second strongest force user alive besides Snoke. Yeah, and I feel like Ray's the actual chosen one. She's a Skywalker. I think she, I'm not saying she's Skywalker. She's a Solo. I think she's Kylo Ren's sister, Skywalker because of Leia. Yeah, I think it's gonna end with her destroying Plagueis. Her and Ben Solo, Kylo Ren destroying Plagueis. Gonna- well, here's another theory that I just thought of. <laughs> so you know the little stable kid yeah. that they see, and uh, he's the chosen one. Well, no, he's Plagueis because Plagueis, Plagueis mm-hmm. dies, Snoke dies, mm-hmm. and he he has the ability to. And that's at the trans- very end of the movie, correct? It's at the very end of the movie. He 
picks up a fucking broom with the force. We may we may have a new theory on our hands, guys. Oh shit! Let's check it out. Fucking blazing trails, man. I, I don't <laughs> think it is though. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't think it. Snoke actually died. I like I like just throwing out random ass conspiracy From theories a, though. The, the amount of time the camera spent on Snoke's body sliding apart when he got killed. Yeah. There's no way he's fucking dead. There's no way in hell he's dead. He got cut in fucking half. The only person, like, the only other person we've seen get cut in half is Darth Maul. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, he came back in the fucking Clone Wars. The expanded universe. No, 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 it's canon. Clone Wars is canon. Okay. But, (coughs) but still. Yeah. I I don't take it into the movies. No. But I don't, I, there's no way Snoke's dead. That physical form he had might have been dead, yeah. but I don't, he, he is not dead. No, well, that's if he's Darth Plagueis, because he's the only person that's I think figured out how to cheat to death. There, there's no way this rumor of Plagueis could have lasted this long yeah. and him not be. Yeah. And I feel like they're going to fuck it up if he's not. Probably, it's going to yeah. piss me off. Well, even if he is. If Snoke's not Plagueis and Ray's actually nobody, I'm fucking done <laughs> with that trilogy. Yep. Not, I, I don't give a shit. If, if one of those two things is revealed... Before the movie's end, end of the of the the final movie in the trilogy, I'm yeah. fucking walking out. I'm not watching the rest of it. Like, fuck off. All right. It's about time to wrap it up. We're going to give the old smack-a-doo ratings. What you got? Six out of ten. Six out of Lowest ten? Lowest rating I've given. Six out of ten yeah. smack-a-doos. I'm going to give five and a half. I feel you. Um, I, they're just it, Me being pulled out whenever mm-hmm. it was real time that mm-hmm. killed it for me. Because uh, I want to love this movie so much. I, I do, too. It's, I like, it's charming. It is. And it almost does it, but it, it just doesn't pull it, it off. It, it, there's just a couple things that just kill it for me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, five, five and a half, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not quite a smack-a-don't. It's still a smack-a-do. <laughs> smack-a-don'ts. Did you come up with that? <laughs> I did. You're fucking genius, man. That's awesome. <laughs> That's why I'm here. I'm R&D over here. I'd, I'd give it six out of ten. Yeah. It, it, it was enjoyable, but it it left me wanting, Yeah. and it, le- it left me wanting to get rid of things. Yeah. Six out of ten smackadoos. All righty. All right, dude. That'll do it for us today. Thank y'all for listening. Sorry about my coughing if that bothered you guys, but catch you next time. See you, bye.